This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. Everybody and welcome to this edition of Let's Talk Adult. I'm Jim Williams, and you know we've got some fun stuff going on for this show, and some also some very interesting stuff. So I'm going to turn it over to the one and only, the King himself, my partner in crime, Glenn King. Greetings and salutations, my brother Jim, and to everybody out there who is listening to our show and all the various services of iTunes and Spreaker and Spotify and all those. Wonderful people who have joined our family. And when I say our family, I mean our group of people who are all over the world who are interested in adult entertainment. What's it all about? What goes on behind the scenes? And maybe even how can I do it? As in how can anyone do it all across the country? Jim, I'm so excited today. We have with us a very, very um, incredibly sexy, attractive, hot performer and very unique as well. Let me give you a little bit of background by saying this. I was watching some 80s porn movies the other night. This is where I go to get ideas. As I go back in time, I look at some of the older stuff. And you may recall that I hosted a show with Christy Canyon on Playboy Radio or Playboy Spice Radio for a while. So I got all these stories and I have all this unique insight into what it was like back then. It was a different world. You know, they only had 20 performers in the industry and none of them were really there for the money. They were there because... They like sex and they like to hang around with the crowd and party and have a good time and just be part of this culture. And it shows in their videos because all of the performers from back then were intense. They just looked like they were really enjoying the sex. And that's why I got us today, Austin Lynn. Austin Lynn is that type of performer. Austin is with us on the line here. And she is somebody that when you watch her perform, you can just see the sexuality spewing out of her. Spewing being a good word here for the end of scenes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but you would enjoy watching her perform. She's tall, striking, uh, tattoos, eyes that are captivating, and uh, and everyone should look her up. And there's something else that we're going to be asking her about later on, Jim, because today is the uh, or this is the week anniversary, first anniversary of the Las Vegas massacre. 
And Austin was actually there when it happened. And, and she's going to tell us her story about that. So there you go. Uh, let's just get right into it. Uh, Jim, do you want to start off? Ask the first question here. I'll toss out the first one. Austin, um, how'd you get into the business? Um, well, I started stripping at midnight when I turned 18. Because I was trying <laughs> to find where the money at. <laughs> and um, there was this performer, I don't know. A lot of people don't know who she is, but her name was Felony Foreplay. And she was like a feature entertainer at the strip club in Spokane, Washington. And I asked her how to get into porn. And she hooked me up with um, Type 9 Model Agency. Oh, okay. Do you remember that? I got to ask you a question about Kevin? that then. I do. Kevin, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... So I was flying back from Montana to LA to shoot porn when I was like 19. And then Tech Nine like went under. And I kind of like disappeared for a minute. I know I always wanted to do porn when I was young though. Like I literally gave my freshman year, I gave a speech. You had to, I, I took a class called Career Choices. So you had to give a speech about your public hero and your personal hero. And I did mine on Jenna Jameson and then this other girl. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, a lot of my life is all about shock value because I just like to, fucking, I don't know, do things that shock people. But yeah, so I always wanted to. I always watched Skinamax, you know, I'd go to sleep, where my parents would go to sleep and shit like that. I was always like very uh, curious about sex and it just seemed natural to me. But I grew up with a really redneck, like, Republican Christian family, so I'm like the black sheep. <laughs> I love this though that some kids want to be a fireman when they grow up, and some girls <laughs> want to be a nurse. You wanted to be a porn star, and then look at look at you actually uh, living out your dreams here. Um, but I got to ask you about uh, uh, Kevin and Type Nine because I read this morning about a lawsuit where a girl is suing her agent down in Florida because basically. He, um, I mean, there's a bunch of things in the lawsuit, but one of the things that was fascinating is that, so he put her in the model house and he's charging her $40 a day to live in the model house. And, you know, if she's doing two scenes a month, she's ending up owing him a lot more money than she makes for the model house. And there's all kinds oh. of stories about Kevin and type nine and his model houses. Did, did you live in the model house? I stayed there for like a week. Okay. After one week, it was like my very first week. I was just happy that when I got picked up at the airport, it was actually the driver and <laughs> I worked for an actual model house. And I didn't end up in like a dumpster in LA somewhere. <laughs> no, and that's good because uh, Kevin actually picked you up in in like a Rolls Royce or something, right? I think he had a very nice, no. very nice car. No. There was no, they had a driver that picked me up oh, okay. in like a black escalator or whatever, but. Yeah, Kevin wasn't even there. He was like in Florida, but his wife or I don't remember what was her name. I cannot remember. But, but that's she was good, the one actually. that was there. She was like the house mom. But she literally she didn't even do shit. She just like locked herself in her room and Well, and, I heard uh, Kevin would harass the if he really liked a girl that was staying in the house and he was there, he would proposition her like maybe Fifty times a night, come fuck me, come fuck me, come fuck me, come in my room, blah oh, blah yeah. blah. So you missed out on that. But what was it like living in the house? Did you have your own room, or what was it like? Um, no, there was rooms with like multiple beds in there. So it was like you know, like a twin bed. There'd be like three twin beds in the room. 
Um, and then we had like some crazy girl that was staying down in her own bedroom down below. And she, she would like freak out for no reason all the time. I don't know. Model houses are, are hit in this. Right. <laughs> you either have like a good peaceful time or it's like chaos. <laughs> it's worth it to get your own hotel. Right. So you would advise a new girl coming into the business, skip the model house, don't go live with a bunch of models or, or do for the first couple of weeks? Or what advice would you give? Well, I have to say, like, um, Tracy, she she just got rid of her model house. But that was, like, yeah. I loved it there. She was great. You had your own room. You had a key to your room. You can lock your shit up. You had privacy. So, like, it just depends, you know, you, where you feel comfortable. But, like, typically the model houses, you don't have your own room. You you don't know who who's staying there. You know, if you can trust them. So, it's, like... You want to watch your shit all the time and go stay at a model house, but I'd rather just pay a hotel and know that my stuff is going to be safe and I'm going to get a good night's rest for my shoot the next day and whatever. Yeah, so people sort of need to understand that there's pros and cons. If you're just getting in the business, if you're brand new, there's reasons that you should, such as, you know, other girls can help you understand what you're going to go through in the business and share some advice with you and resources and whatever. But on the negative side, there's a lot of negatives that you're pointing out as well. So and you don't know who's going to be there, you know? Yeah. And there is a lot of theft and fights in the model houses. And (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's Uh, like high school all over again when when you're in a model house. I mean, any, anywhere where you have like 10 girls in one room, there's going to be some sort of drama. Yeah, I, I was an investor in a model house at one point. Mina Mason managed it for me, and she was fantastic. But what a learning curve that we had to go through um, in terms of like, I mean, number one, girls have to pay up front. That's just, there's no other correct way to do it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, because collecting from a girl is impossible. And it, it's it's an interesting problem that this this agency would have had down in Florida that yeah, uh, um, you know, you're booking scenes for girls, but in a lot of cases, they're not going to make as much money as as they're racking up in rent. And right. my thinking on that one is, well, it's it's illegal for an agency to have its own model house. I know this because I was a licensed uh, agent in California, and there's a reason for that. You don't want the agent to be sitting there, well, they, forcing you to use their products and services. So the agent can't have their own model house, their own photographer, and all those things to make you pay to use their services. They're supposed to be separated. But, wow. Yeah, and, and everybody in our business does it. And, you know, what do you do? <laughs> uh, now, so you got in the business and you had kind of a unique look to you uh, you know i mean you're, you're absolutely strikingly gorgeous but you're not the the you're not jenna jameson in terms of you know she was a blonde barbie yeah. doll whereas you yeah. have more of an alt um wilder look how did that you know guide your career path uh, well i got in in 2009 so it was like not the greatest because in 2009 that was not very accepted and i didn't have my full sleeve or anything i had like a couple big tattoos, but I wasn't like, I wasn't blasted or anything, but it still was like an issue. Cause they're like, well, I didn't have my boobs done. I was, I was 19. So I was like, I didn't look like a teen. Yeah. And I just looked like an adult. <laughs> yeah. So 
it was difficult. So my agent, they were like, you know what? You should go home. You should dye your hair black. Yep. You know, go with the tattoos because you already have them. Right. Like, right. it's kind of going to have to be the shit you're going to have to go with because you, you can't do teen. You're, it's too too late, you know? So, um, yeah, I saw a few scenes. And then, and then like, my family found out and I got out of the industry for a little while because my family tried to disown me and shit. <laughs> and then I got a bunch of tattoos. I came back. And uh, I don't know, tattoos are like, they're slowly getting more accepted. There's still a handful of companies that will not shoot anybody with tattoos, but I'm sure that'll change. Everything is changing. Well, so people under, people listening understand our industry is a lot like the NFL in that it's a copycat industry. If, you know, in the NFL, if somebody starts playing a, a 3-4, which, you know, where they've got three defensive linemen and four linebackers, and they win the Super Bowl, then all of a sudden every other team is running that same defense. With with porn, um, if somebody's making money with uh, a, a tattooed girls line, all of a sudden everybody wants tattoo girls. But yeah. for the last you know decade or so, the easiest big money has been in innocent looking teen runaway looking girls, and <laughs> yeah. so they just people just assume okay, well no one will pay for tattoos, and so they there have been a lot less companies shooting tattooed lines. Um, yeah, but you've done well with your tattoos. So, you know, at least you did before you left, and now when you when you come back with a lot more tattoos. Yeah, no, I mean it was definitely a struggle, but I mean, you just have to get your name out there somehow, some way, and like, don't say no to scenes. I mean, obviously, like, don't discount yourself or whatever, but like, get your name out there and then start shooting for yourself, like. To your OnlyFans, to your stuff, you can make money in so many different ways in this industry. That you don't need to depend on companies to book you. Absolutely, I figured out. Because <laughs> when I first got in, I was like young, and people were like, "Oh, let's shoot content." You know, I was like a teenager, and I'm like, I just want to shoot and get paid like a G and up. I don't want to shoot for free. And then as I got older and learn more about the industry and i was like damn so these companies are paying me a rate but then they're going to make so much more off of me for the rest of my life if i shoot this concept for myself then i get to make that for the rest of my life <laughs> okay so this is the one thing i want to mention every single week jim for the for the mm -hmm. females in our audience who are listening to the show this is the most important thing they need to understand is that you don't wait anymore for companies to book you you go out, you make a name for yourself, you get yourself, um, you know, you increase your popularity through your own content, and then companies will want to shoot you. Yeah. You um, kind of got to get popular for people to want to shoot you. No, absolutely. And, and it takes a little bit of both. I mean, it's very hard to just start from scratch, but if you can get a few bookings, and all of a sudden your name gets out there a little bit, and then you set up your OnlyFans and your Sex Panther and your, uh, you know, all these other call. things. Yeah, verified yeah. call. And then all of a sudden companies start looking at, well, look at how much money her ManyVid store is making. Or look at, you know, what I look at is um, if a girl's doing all those things like ManyVids and Clips for Sale, it teaches her how to direct herself and how to – how to uh, come up with uh, improv skills and you know do some verbal stuff so i look at the plots of her little clips that are on clips for sale 
And then I'll go like, okay, this girl already knows how to talk, obviously. Right. So that creates a lot. Definitely. Um, well, you said you left the business and mm -hmm. then you just came back. So, so what happened with that? What can you, you know, you don't have to share too personal information here about it, but I guess what I really want to know is how did the industry change in between the time <laughs> that you left and came back? Um, well, yeah. I got into a relationship, so just put that out there, statistic. <laughs> um, and then I decided to go to massage school, and I got licensed to be a licensed massage therapist. I met this great guy. I thought I was going to get married. It didn't work out. Whatever. Um, but actually, when I came back, I realized like tattoos have been a lot more accepted, like, there's a shit ton more girls that are tattooed that are getting shot all the time. It's just not as taboo. But also, the industry is like, I feel like I use the word flooded. Like, it's not taboo in the sense that so many girls are willing to do porn. Like, back when I started, there was only, there wasn't that many people. There was so many girls jumping at the chance to shoot porn. <laughs> yeah. But now there is. Like, and, and everybody can get shot once. So it's like, like you said, you have you have to like um, take the initiative and make something for yourself because that's the only way you're going to make it. <laughs> well, you know, you're listening to Let's Talk Adult with Glenn King and Miss Austin Lynn and myself, Jim Williams. Quick question for you. You're talking about um, shooting your own content. Um, how important is the social media aspect in getting that content out to people like Glenn and other producers. I mean, I social media is like everything because like people are following you, they're watching you. That's how nobody would know about me if it wasn't for social media. Pretty much, it was like especially well nowadays because the internet is everything. Like, there's no DVDs being produced anymore, so they're not gonna walk into an adult store and see me and then like you know stalk me or anything. Now they're going on Twitter because they can get sneak peeks and whatever. And it's huge. That's your promotion. That's how you market yourself. And you can interact with your fans. And it makes the biggest difference. I'm looking at her Twitter right now. It says, I want another gangbang 15 hours ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had a gangbang yesterday. What? What happened on your gangbang? Was that fun? It was, uh, I, yeah. It was almost like a, it was an orgy. It wasn't really. It felt like a gangbang because it was like ten dudes and three girls. <laughs> but, okay. Uh, it was and do fun. you and I, did, did you get to pick the ten guys, or I mean, did you know who the ten guys were going to be before you got there? Yeah, we like they. We all sent out and they sent out an email with who was going to be in the content shoot. Everybody had their tests. We all did the. Uh, what is it called? What's that the, <laughs> the, what, so, the well, test I, exchange in the beginning? You're, you're, yeah, I mean, so this yeah, was we a had, content. Like, so we had three. We had a VR camera. That's what it's called. VR. There's a VR camera, oh. regular camera. Like there's three camera guys. There's 13 of us, and it was at a swing. It was at the swingers place. It's called like the Playhouse Las Vegas. Really? It was, so somebody yeah, shot a VR gangbang. Yeah. So it's gonna be awesome. What kind of a, a camera was that? Like, What's what that? are we? So, 
was so it's just one VR camera with uh, basically a bunch of cameras on a stick is how that would be done or they have these little setups now where there's basically a bunch of cameras in a circle around you. I, I assume you're talking about one of those VR cameras as a camera on a stick. Yes, there was that. And then we had, we had two other people with like regular cameras shooting everything else too. Interesting. That should be interesting to look at and watch. Um, so there's that. And then it says nobody kicks babies out of a gay bar. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> My best friend, he's gay, and uh, we go to gay bars all the time. So he's like, hey, it's underwear night at this bar called Charlie's in Las Vegas. He goes, if you wear underwear, you drink for free. And I was like, sweet, let's go. Let's leave this bar, go to my house, let's put on underwear and go to this bar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is so funny. I text my girlfriend. She's like, well, what do I wear? I was like, underwear, duh. And I go, I'm going to put... I'm going to put my jean shorts on over my underwear because I'm not really sure what kind of, I want to see what kind of party this is. Which is stupid because most people do put their clothes on over their underwear, but I just never wear underwear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyway, so I get there and then I realize that it's only for guys. They're like, they told me I had to put clothes on. Okay. At a yeah, gay bar. So. I was like, that's discrimination, and my holes are covered, and legally I can walk in here in a bikini, so fuck you. It was kind of leaving eventually, but yeah, that's what we did. That was the underwear night. Meanwhile, your buddy is over there drinking for free, dressed as a baby, with his underwear on. <laughs> no, I'm baby. Oh, you're I baby. I said, no, <laughs> I'm baby. Nobody kicks baby out of the K-Mart. Glenna and I will be back with more right after this. Paycor knows HR teams are under pressure to recruit and retain top talent. You need more than HR tech. You need expertise at the core. Meet Paycor. Our technology saves you time. Our expertise helps you make a difference. Paycor.com slash meet Paycor. The local wine shop, a place where people go to get confused, frustrated, and end up picking pretty labels instead of great wine. Well, now there's a better way at tastingroom.com, America's number one personalized wine club. Every bottle is selected based on your personal wine profile, and fewer than one in 50 wines makes it through our rigorous selection process. We're so sure that you'll love our wines that every bottle is backed by our total satisfaction guarantee. The Huffington Post calls Tasting Room the first wine club to get it right. Get amazing wines at incredible prices, selected just for you, delivered right to you. Go to tastingroom.com and receive your exclusive tasting kit of world-class wines. Once you get your kit, Taste, rate, and build your personal profile one sip at a time. It's a no-brainer. Great wine without the guesswork, backed by our total satisfaction guarantee. Go to tastingroom.com, enter promo code GRAPE8, and get your exclusive tasting kit, a $40 value for just $6.95. Tastingroom.com, code GRAPE8. Tastingroom.com. Taste, rate, enjoy. Glenn and I continue our conversation with our guest, Austin Lynn. Um, all right, Jim's thinking about becoming a, a producer director here, so he should probably ask you about what what a director or producer should do to make a good set. Go ahead, ask your question, Jim. Thanks, Glenn. Uh, I think you know traditionally, from my standpoint, I shoot multiple camera shoots, but from your standpoint, what makes uh, a good producer director, and uh, what makes you most comfortable when you show up? Um, I just think it's the energy of the set. Like if people are like happy and like enjoy their job, like sometimes you get on set and it's like, 
I know it feels a little stressful. <laughs> Everyone's taking it seriously. And it's like, yeah, we want to produce good uh, content and have a really great scene and whatever. And, like, you have to take your job seriously and be, be a professional. But, like, at the end of the day, we're fucking for a living and it should be fun. So I think, like, the energy of the set makes a huge difference. Uh, do you like a director to keep things moving fast, you know, on schedule, or do you prefer one who would rather, who would encourage everybody to kind of talk and chat and, you know, a little bit more familial environment? Uh, I think it has to be kind of a happy medium because like a lot of people in our industry have never like had a real job. So like the, they will take their time and silly daddy along. So if you give them too much like rain, to right. take advantage of it and i know this because i pa'd <laughs> right so um but it's i mean like you, you, you we're we're exchanging our bodily fluids and doing an intimate act so i think like you know there should we should be able to get to know each other and be comfortable and become friends before you fuck i guess <laughs> no you're right there's got to be a happy medium i've heard i like i know there are some guys in the industry who who they basically don't want to go home. You know, they would, they yeah. just, they want to hang out all day. They're having a great time. But at the same time, you as the performer, like a lot of performers have like sort of an expiration date on them, like a milk carton. And it, and it's like four hours or five hours. Yeah. And it's like, if you're the director, you have to plan it out so that your scene is done within four or five hours. Cause if you go beyond that certain point, the performer is suddenly going to dramatically change her attitude because she's going to be just wanting to go. I got to get out of here. I just, I can't take this anymore. Right. You know, so there's yeah. a, a little tip for. You so know. it's like keeping up high energy. Yeah. You got to keep the energy going. It's got to be like a steady pace. <laughs> yeah. And you're great. You're great to work with. Uh, uh, Jim, I shot uh, Austin two days ago mm-hmm. and you know, she came in, she was early to set. Uh, she was, she was very much in good, uh, frame of mind and the thing i was really impressed about with austin mm-hmm. was that so and again here's a tip for directors what i do is before a scene i have a list of like 20 or 30 things on a piece of paper that i go over with the performers and i mm-hmm. talk to them about you know just stuff like when the camera's behind you try to sort of spread for the camera uh when the camera's at a distance arch your back so you stick your butt out stuff like that and then I'll give them things to say, like just phrases that work well in a femdom scene, like obey, do it, good dog, stuff like that. <laughs> and Austin over here is one of the few performers who I think actually paid attention throughout my entire speech and worked in like almost everything I, I talked about doing. That's not easy, Austin. Yeah, but the details, it's helpful if you listen to that because it's not easy to talk for a 30-minute scene. <laughs> Right. You got to take those tips and like those those tips are they're like the hail mary of the scene. (laughs) I would encourage every producer to make your own little sheet like that of all the things Mm -hmm. that you would want to say to a a performer, (laughs) and spend ten minutes going over it with them before the scene. It makes it so much more fun and easy for everybody. Uh, You're listening to Let's Talk Adults with Jim Williams and Glenn King. And uh, our guest today is Austin Lynn. And Austin, we got to talk about the Las Vegas massacre. This happened on October 1st, 2017. So just about a year ago. And basically a gunman opened fire on a group of uh, people who were 
at the Harvest Music Festival from from up in a hotel room, and 59 people were killed in this. But not only were did 59 people lose their lives, uh, 851 people were injured in this, and and then countless more will have nightmares for the rest of their lives about this. And you were kind of right in the thick of things. So tell us about what happened that yeah. night. Um, it was crazy. I mean, uh, uh, Jason Aldean was, I think he was like, he's the last performer. It was around 10, 10 I actually have, I have a little clip on my phone of the last song before the shooting started. <clears throat> Cause I love Jason Aldean and, I was taking a little video and I heard, you know, the the gunshots, but I thought they were fireworks. I didn't think anything of it. I'm still sitting here serving drinks. I was bartending. And then my coworker was like, get down. And I was like, what? He's like, get down. And I started hearing people screaming. And I had no idea what was going on. I was just in shock. I got and down. Where, and, where were you in relation to the stage? Where was your um, bar set up? I was like right in front of it. So there's a stage right next to it. There was a bar. And then right like diagonal across from that, right underneath Mandalay Bay. I was in the VIP section, but I was out in the open. So there's nothing oh, covering wow. me. So, yeah, um, I got my key for my register. And then I got down and then I ran up to upper VIP it was covered but like in my mind i was thinking i was safe but it's actually just a tent (laughs) wow and uh i just remember sitting there i mean like what the hell is going on what's going on and these two guys were like it's nothing like it's like bottle caps i said then why the fuck are we all hiding like what's like doesn't make sense what's going on and um i just i grabbed a bottle of vodka one of the display bottles and I just started drinking it and I was like, if I'm going to die, I'm going to be fucking drunk. <laughs> you had the presence of mind to grab two things, the keys to your register and a bottle of vodka. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, and now when you, the- when you got out of the bar area and crawled up to what you thought was safety, um, you didn't realize that somebody was actually firing an automatic weapon, right? You, you're just at that point. No. Going, okay. I didn't know what what the hell was going on, and 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 it took me it took me a while. Like the cops, eventually we were we were ducked down. I was like drinking this bottle of vodka, not knowing really what the hell was going on, just knowing something bad was happening. And uh, yeah. the cops ran ran through, and they're like, "You guys need to get out of here! Like, get out of here! Go, go, go! Like, whatever." So, but the thing was, there was only one exit, and wow. and I ended up dropping my phone, so I didn't have anything. I had my debit card, my ID, my phone, nothing. And I just ran. And it took me like, I, I, I don't know how long did we get out of there, honestly. It felt like a long time. But I just remember sitting in there. And I felt like I heard a cattle. And I was like, wow, we're all in one spot. And it, this guy wants to fucking kill us. And we're all in one spot right now. So I like, I actually tried to turn around and go back. So I was like, fuck this. I don't want to be like right where like it was like this is a this is where we all get shots we're all we're all right here yeah so but i tried to turn around and they were like you can't come back like you, you don't want to go back and whatever and i know how long saw some crazy how, shit austin how long was it before you realized what actually had happened um it was kind of when i like was exiting and i was in in the the herd of cattle, as I call it. Like, mm-hmm. I remember just yelling at the top of my lungs, like, what the fuck? What the fuck is going on? 
I just heard like just shots being fired, and I just I just didn't know. I knew that there was, I I I understood there was a gun at this point, mm-hmm. but I just I was like, where is it coming from? Like I, I it, was, it was it was the scariest thing I've ever been through in my in my life. But I was in so much shock that I was just like yeah. I no, it's unexplainable. It's like you see all these movies and you hear about all these shootings and you know you 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 hurt for for these people that have been affected and lost people, but you never think that's going to happen to you. Right. I, I come from a military family. Like my grandpa was colonel in the Marine Corps. My brother was a Marine. My family has more guns than God. Uh, like, <laughs> I, but I like, I don't know. This was insane. I felt like it was like world war three. <laughs> and were and, you seeing like bodies around you or people that were shot? I, was fortunate enough not to like see anyone get shot, but I did see um, when I got out, I saw people covered up in like by, by the ambulances and stuff. Wow, how did that feel? Uh, it's, it's, it was surreal. Like it didn't. It, 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 it still kind of sometimes feels like a dream. Still, yeah. Like You're uh, in shock, sort of. I have moments where. Like I break down and I was, and, and, and like it hits me really hard and then I have other moments where it's just like, you know, the, the only thing that you can do in life is move on and whatever. But like it just it just still doesn't really feel real to me. I mean, yeah, Until, it's funny because I'm looking at your Twitter and it says it says L A L M A O O O O YOLO, which means you only live once. I guess that the word YOLO means something different to you when you've been in that kind of situation. Yeah, it really that it really did change me, and I really it does put things into perspective because, like, I mean, could a one of our barbacks was shot in the back and it went through his lungs, and he lost two thirds of one of his lungs, and uh, he's wow. still alive. But you know, out of two hundred bartenders that were on our crew, he was the only one that got injured, which is lucky. But one of my bar regulars was killed. My ex, one of his friends from Alaska was there. He was killed. Um, one of my friend's sister, she was killed. And it's just like, it, it becomes real. You realize you're, you're, you're like, you're not immortal. <laughs> yeah. And um, stop, did you see, did you see people who were sort of heroic that day? Or do you, I mean, it's yeah, really, is it a difficult? lot of people, what, um, Actually, when our barback was shot, uh, not my barback was it? He was he was with our our bar crew, but um, one of the girls she grabbed like a wheelbarrow or something and put him in it, and she she like rescued him. She ran him to to a paramedic and went to the hospital, and like so many people, there were so many first responders. Um, someone came with a truck and like took down a a fence because there was only one exit for us to get out of, so they like hooked up like a chain and broke down the fence so that there was another exit. And I mean, it really like people came together and they were like, fuck this. And my screenshot or my, my screensaver on my phone is this guy. I don't know his name, but I have a shirt with his face on it. He's like, he's like famous. He was on the news. Everybody's on the ground that was like in the concert and uh, in the general admission, like the lawn area, everybody was like on the ground when the gunshots are firing, but this dude was standing up with his middle finger right where the gunshots were coming from, like flipping this dude off and a Bud Light in his hand. 
Incredible. That's what I remember. Uh, you're wow. listening to Let's Talk Adults with uh, Glenn King and Jim Williams and our guest today, Austin Lynn. Um, so, Jim, you probably remember this, and, and Austin, mm-hmm. you probably don't. But back when I was a kid, there was a, a Who concert in Cincinnati where something went wrong and started a stampede out of there, out of the concert. And a bunch of people died because they got trampled. But I don't think – Oh, my it, God. Yeah, yeah. It was I mean, at it the was time, festival but... seating. That was the problem. What happened is it was a riverfront arena in Cincinnati. And rather than having chairs, they had festival seating, so there was no chairs. So the floor of the arena was uh, – was in that way and basically what happened is they opened the doors to let people in so it was first person so everybody was trying to get to the front and as they did four or five folks began to fall once that happens then that's kind of like a domino effect and literally people were running on top of each other and killing each other that's insane yeah and so but this concert that you were at the jason aldean concert or the harvest festival also had no chairs. I mean, you're basically talking about a bunch of people that were all moving in mass when mm-hmm. it happened. And yet, though, I don't think there were any trampling injuries that I read about, at least. So the world must have changed a little bit from then to now. Did you see any people falling down, Austin, and people helping them up? Or what happened with that? There were, I saw, um, like, there was uh, some guys that were laying on top of, like, girls, like, trying to protect them. Um, I just saw people, some people that were just like covering other people's bodies, truly being selfless. Like, you know, when you say I would take a bullet for you, like it was really real. I had not heard that before. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. It it really, it truly is like, it's disgusting that it it takes that to, to bring a community together the way it did. But I have to say that like, I don't know. Vegas always seemed to me kind of like everybody here is distant and disconnected and everyone's here on a hustle. But after that, it felt like we really came together and I don't know, like everyone was helping everybody, you know, we we became more of a community after that. Whereas like before I felt like this was just like a, a party place, a destination area. And it sucks that it takes something so traumatic and, awful to bring people together that way but it was truly like i don't know amazing awesome to see how everybody just came together and yeah i don't know vegas Vegas strong obviously yeah yeah and then um what really i thought was like just so cool and beautiful is like this guy he wasn't even at the shooting um from a different state i can't even remember the 58 lives that that we lost he made a cross for every single person and then they had them right by the las vegas sign they had just a line of 58 crosses with everybody's name on it and you go put roses and you know pay your condolences and so eventually uh the city took the crosses down of course Mm -hmm. but so this uh, uh this anniversary i was leaving luxor i was at a at a lesbian gay bi and trans pool party and i was leaving there and i saw there was like 58 crosses again and i was like oh my god what the hell like i just pulled over and i went there you know mm-hmm. and paid my condolences or whatever um, but so this guy 
made another 58 crosses and came back to Vegas um, to give it to uh, whoever the victim's family were for them to take home. Wow. It does bring people together. It's so cool. All right. Well, um, we got to move towards wrapping up here. So let me ask you this. Uh, Let's go back to adult entertainment talk for a moment here. So somewhere out there is the next Austin Lynn. Uh, You know, she's, she's, let's say stipulate that she's just turned 18 and she aspires to be the next Austin Lynn. She looks up to you as her hero and she's in Montana and she wants to get into the business. Uh, but she needs a lot of information here about, you know, how to prepare herself for this. What kind of advice can you, you give to uh, to this young lady? Um, um, the biggest thing I say is I would never do anything on camera that you won't do in your personal life. Good. Like, be comfortable with it and, like, know your boundaries and stick to your guns because especially if you're new and you're young, people are going to try to – get your rates lower. They're going to get you to try to do more than you're comfortable with. And you just, you have to have a, you have to have a backbone. <laughs> give us examples. This doesn't count unless you give us specific stories. You don't have examples. to name names. Okay. But, so yeah. I thought, for instance, I thought that, you know, I don't need an agent. I'll just contact companies myself. And yeah. I ended up in Newark, New Jersey, shooting for facial abuse. <laughs> Yeah, and had a terrible, ter- well, the 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 male talent grabbed my clit ring and tried to pull it, and I was like, in the middle of the scene, I was like, no, you can't do that, and then he did it again, and I grabbed him by the throat, and I said, I will fucking kill you. That's my anatomy. <laughs> she will. Too. And they were like, cut. But the thing about facial abuse that's in your contract is if you don't finish the scene, you don't get paid your full rate. Yeah. They and you've flown out to New York for this. It's not like you're walking out of a Vegas yeah. shoot house. Yeah. You're, and, and New York is a scary place, by the way. I was right. about to say, uh, you should have been paid just for going to Newark. Yeah. So, it, it, yeah. <laughs> right. um, so after that, I was like, you know what? Everyone talks shit about agents, but it's kind of necessary. They're going to make sure that you're not going somewhere bad. <laughs> And you have somebody to call. It's really awkward if you're on set and, you know, you're thinking that you're doing a scene that that does not involve anal sex. And then all of a sudden the producer walks up and joins in and just starts putting Mm -hmm. in you. And and it's it's a lot easier at that point if you can just cut, go to the bathroom, call your agent and say, hey, am I supposed to be doing anal today? Yeah, exactly. If you got a good yeah. agent, which you know your agent right now is OC modeling, and everyone in the industry knows that if you try to get uh, Austin to do something that she's not supposed to be doing, um, that Sandy, who is her agent, is going to call you and not hesitate to you know verbally yeah. destroy you. She's no bullshit. <laughs> yeah, she will come through the phone and start punching you in the mouth. <laughs> yeah. If you do. So that's She's one the example. Very lady ever. <laughs> yes. Beautiful, beautiful um hot lady. I love Sandy. Um I all right, too. so that's an example. But I mean, like I wanted you to give us a couple of these because this is stuff that girls need to sort of be aware of these are the things that are gonna happen to you. Like have you been on other sets where Oh, oh. 
directors that all of a sudden become male talent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People are going to try to pull fast ones, you know? I really didn't, I, I really have a, facial abuse was the only like bad thing that really ever happened to me because I was early on when I first found the industry and I kind of learned my lesson mm-hmm. and it scared the shit out of me. So, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, get an agent. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, get an agent. Like, um, just have an agent and don't don't do things that you're not comfortable with doing in your personal life. Don't get don't don't get wrapped up in the clicks. Like, understand that it's it is a job. It's, a, it's fun, but you sh- it's still a job. Right. Show up on time. Don't be drunk. Don't be high. <laughs> it's, you would think this is it's obvious. Really but easy to. Yeah. Things that girls need to know. It's obvious, but like, it's like some things are so simple that they're hard for people. (laughs) Well, girls are nervous. Okay. So let's say you're doing your first scene, your second scene, your third scene. It's tempting. I think for a lot of girls to get to set and take something, some kind of pill, a Xanax or something that calms you down. But performers absolutely need to be aware of two things. Number one, it doesn't make you better. It does not. Xanax does not make you a better performer. Weed does not make you a better performer. Uh, no. Cocaine does not make you a better performer. <laughs> All of these things, unless it's a specific kind of scene, don't make you a better performer. But the other thing that, that they don't understand is that we producers, directors talk to each other. And yes. we're not necessarily going to come back and say to you, Austin, I'm not booking you because you have a reputation for showing up on scene um, wasted, which which Austin doesn't. I'm just – let's not be <laughs> confused here. But – there are girls that do that you sit there that I, as a director, go, man, I would love to shoot so-and-so, but I don't want to deal with the hassle of her showing up, not showing up at all, or showing up wasted or whatever. And that ends yeah. a career for a lot of girls. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a small industry. Everybody talks. Yeah. It's just like first impressions are everything. And once you kind of get a reputation, it sticks. So if it's if it's a good one, great. If it's a bad one, good luck. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Coming let's uh, get your social media so everybody knows where to find you. And, uh, and tell us, don't don't hesitate to tell us about all of these various things you do, like Sex Panther and Verified Call. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm on, on sexpanther.com uh, slash Austin dash Lynn. Uh, verified Call slash Austin Lynn. And then I have onlyfans.com slash dirty Austin Lynn. My Twitter is at fuck Austin Lynn. And my Instagram is also at fuck Austin Lynn. It's L-Y-N-N, correct? Yeah. L-Y-N-N. Hey, why are you Austin anyway? Why is your first name Austin? Um, when I started dancing at midnight, when I turned 18, I really didn't even know you had to have like a stage name. <laughs> so they were like, well, they, they were throwing out all these like really girly, girly names like Diamond, Sparkles. And I was like, no. <laughs> and uh, I was wearing cowboy boots because I, I grew up on a horse ranch. Uh, and uh, he goes, shit kicker. And I was like, ha, oh, really funny. <laughs> And uh, and he goes, Austin. And I was like, I can deal with that. So Austin gave me a stripper name. Lynn is like my biological, actual, real middle name. So, and it's, it was also kind of like a, 
a porn thing anyways. A lot of people have Lynn as their second name. Yeah. Porn, so I just, it just stuck. <laughs> Back in the eighties, if your last name was Lynn, you were, you were a star. <laughs> you were in the club. All, they they had Amber Lynn, Ginger Lynn, Portia Lynn, uh, Mick, yeah. Mickey Lynn, I think was her name. Uh, so yeah. All right. Well, there you go. That's her social media. Everybody go check her out. Check out Austin Lynn. Go check out her videos. You can also see um, two scenes in the very near future of, of Austin at meanbitches.com, my website. And uh, yeah. um, you are not going to regret it. This is definitely a performer that you will, you will remember her performances. Glenn and I will be back with more right after this. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. Local Wine Shop, a place where people go to get confused, frustrated, and end up picking pretty labels instead of great wine. Well, now there's a better way. At TastingRoom.com, America's number one personalized wine club. Every bottle is selected based on your personal wine profile, and fewer than one in 50 wines makes it through our rigorous selection process. We're so sure that you'll love our wines that every bottle is backed by our total satisfaction guarantee. The Huffington Post calls Tasting Room the first wine club to get it right. Get amazing wines at incredible prices, selected just for you, delivered right to you. Go to TastingRoom.com and receive your exclusive tasting kit of world-class wines. Once you get your kit... Taste, rate, and build your personal profile one sip at a time. It's a no-brainer. Great wine without the guesswork, backed by our total satisfaction guarantee. Go to tastingroom.com, enter promo code GRAPE8, and get your exclusive tasting kit, a $40 value for just $6.95. Tastingroom.com, code GRAPE8. Tastingroom.com. Taste, rate, enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. Now, if you have not yet subscribed to our podcast, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, we make it very simple to do. All you have to do is go to the iTunes store because we are very happy to be part of the Apple Podcasts family. Google Play, you can go to Blog Talk Radio, you can go to Stitcher, Spreaker, and of course, TuneIn, as well as Spotify and YouTube. Those are nine different places to go, but that's only the starting of it. You can get us a number of other places. All you have to do is search Let's Talk Adult with uh, Glenn King and Jim Williams. Hit the favorite button, and every week it'll come to either your tablet or to your cell phone or to both. So please go out there and do that today because we would greatly appreciate it. Speaking of appreciation, it's your turn, Dr. King, to um, give us some of your final thoughts. I like that, Dr. King. Um, Well, final thoughts, two of them, Jim. Thank you so much, uh, first of all, to Austin Lynn for telling us about her experiences during the uh, Vegas massacre. It just gave me chills and goosebumps when I heard her talking about the people who who dived on top of their girlfriends or maybe a stranger and were willing to give up their own lives to protect other people. And I, I, I think all of us would like to think that we're that kind of person. And you never know until that situation comes up, but you can only try to be that kind of person throughout your life. Uh, and I hope we, we all think about that. Uh, the other thing I want to say, I always like to do a quote to end the show. Mm-hmm. And this one relates to Austin Lynn, who is a unique performer. She's different and she made an, has made an incredible career 
out of being herself and not trying to be anybody else. And the quote is from Coco Chanel, the, the famous designer. And, and right. she said, in order to be irreplaceable, one must always be different. So think about that if you are a guy or girl or anybody out in the country thinking about adult entertainment, performing, not performing, whatever, that um, in today's world, it's a lot better to be different and irreplaceable than it is to be same and just one of the crowd. So there you go. Uh, Again, my name's Glenn King. And if you're not following me already on Twitter, I'm Glenn King, G-L-E-N-N-K-I-N-G-X-X-X on Twitter. So go follow me and uh, you're going to see all kinds of uh, things about my life and my adventures in the world of adult entertainment. And thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Well, tell you what, uh, one other quick thing, bit of business to do. Now, I know you all have questions because I have questions and they happen during the show and they happen after the show. So here's what we want you to do. We want you and it's going to be in the show box so you can read it. But anyway, Here's our address. It is, ready? It's Let's Talk Adult. That's Let's Talk Adult at gmail.com. Email us your questions, or of course, you can always hit Glenn up on Twitter or me at JW um, Media DC. That's JW Media DC on Twitter. Uh, hit us up, ask us questions, and we will be more than happy to ask them uh, to the folks that we have on the show. So until next time. Thank you very much for Glenn King. I'm Jim Williams saying have a wonderful week and thanks for listening to Let's Talk Adult. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five-cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five-cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.